0: Welcome to Book to Where Two Guys Tell You About the Books They're Reading. I'm Rob Olson.
1: And I'm Livia Snedden. Uh, for this episode, I would like to amend that, Rob. It's uh, where two guys talk about books. Oh, this is our second interview yeah. in a row,
0: which makes hey, me feel
1: terrible about myself.
0: At least we'll talk about books this time. I don't think we really did that much last episode, right? <laughs> no, we didn't. A lot of Kip Winger. Way more Kip Winger than I was expecting. <laughs>
1: yeah i got a i don't know a, a notice to appear i don't know what that means i have to show up somewhere <laughs> Uh-oh. relating to episode four was it 420
0: 422 422 yeah yeah so i don't know what that's all about but hey uh, at least you know, got a notice someone about. just threw a black bag over my head and threw me in the back of a <laughs> fucking crown victoria
1: nice listen some people that's their thing rob you should uh you it should uh, embrace that a little bit.
0: Nothing to do with the government. It was just a kink.
1: So I know we had no real format um, last week. Uh, we're going to do a little better this week. So it's coming up on the end of the year, right, Rob? We're what? i mean, we're recording this yes. 26 days out from from the end of the year, and we've got a pretty busy schedule for the rest of the year because we have our Patreon, uh, Patreon, Patreon, Patreon pick with Misty Bennett coming up next week. I know we're going to review Les Edgerton's memoir. We're going to have a holiday episode. So now was probably a good time to talk about lists, right? All the end of the year lists are coming yeah. out, which has got to piss people off that are like putting something, a movie, a book or whatever, like out like next week, because all the lists are done already. <laughs> but so Rob has compiled some lists to talk about, but I came across a list that really God damn it, there's a stark contrast. Do you remember probably five years ago, four years ago, there was the meme. There was like what people think I do, Yeah, you know, like what my parents think I do, you know, and then what I actually do. So we know what we actually do, which is we read a book that we pick based on the fact that it sounds like it might be fun. And then we vaguely talk about it for a little bit. We give it our our stamp of approval or not via stars um, that we're not qualified to give. And then we talk about weird shit like Kip Winger songs or, uh, or the the um, rock anthems of pedophiles or whatever. So that's our shtick.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Came across uh, completely unrelated because Rob put together the lists. Uh, the New York Times, they're they're big, right? They're a uh, newspaper, yeah.
0: One of those yeah. uh, news outlets, yeah.
1: Yeah, but um, what are they best known for? Let's be honest. What are they best known
0: for? They're the uh, like their bestseller book book lists, right?
1: Well, pro- yeah, probably the crossword puzzle and then. Oh second. yeah, yeah the their their book the the now you've got me i knew exactly what it was called the new york times bestseller lists i say lists because there's the fiction and the
0: nonfiction. yeah
1: so this is a a list it's their critics top choices and i was i said i gotta look and i thought not only have we not read one goddamn (laughs) book from here i don't recognize one name of an author one title of a book yeah nothing which isn't true dennis johnson is on there who i did read um jesus's son 20 something years ago when it came out but um i was looking at this and i thought god damn it when i tell people i review books they must picture that this is this is what i'm i'm reviewing like a life of my own by claire tomalin
0: hmm.
1: you know or something like that and, and it's so different from what we actually do
0: very yeah very well i mean and that's our running joke like I wonder how, <laughs> I wonder how many of the the books on that list are sitting in a pile like on my shelf, you know, that got sent to us that we yeah. never even think to look at.
1: Yeah, but I uh, I picture now I, I'm going to think every time I talk to like one of my coworkers because the the ones there's a few that know I do a podcast they're like oh how's the podcast going and now in my mind I will be unable to disassociate this list <laughs> from what they think I spend my time doing if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and then whenever you tell someone you review books, it leads to the inevitable. Like they talk about the books that they're aware of. And yeah, then the there's, book
1: they read, yeah.
0: and then they're surprised when you haven't read it or heard of it. And it's like, do you know how many books come out like on a monthly basis, like hundreds,
1: Oh, like, if you've ever looked, there are times where I've gotten like, uh, you know, I'm trying to find the next book for us, next yeah. in, you know, quotation marks, so something over the next couple of weeks, and I go to like the new and future releases on Amazon. Yeah, it's like
0: seventy pages long. Yeah, there's no way that we could be aware no. of all the books, or but, would uh, want to be aware of all the yeah. books. I mean, we really could have read "The
1: Tangled Tree: A Radical New History of Life" by David Quammen. That's something we could have we could have reviewed, right? That could have happened. It could have happened. So at any yeah. rate, I, I thought it was kind of funny that, uh, next time somebody tells me what I'm reading for the podcast. Oh, what are you guys reviewing for the podcast? I'm going to say the war before the war, fugitive slaves and the struggle for America's soul from the revolution to the civil war by Andrew Del Blanco. Have you heard of it?
0: I think so. I think i heard, I, I think I heard someone talking heard, about it. I heard that was really good. You know. Um, so do you think the same holds true for like the podcaster side of things? Like, Someone's idea of what doing a podcast is is different than what we do, or are we pretty on solid ground there?
1: Oh, where you mean where they think it's like preparation, and like we're in the same room, and there's like professional equipment, and I'm not scrolling through social media the whole time you're talking? Yeah, it's probably a little different from what they from what they think, maybe even from what you think.
0: Yeah, like they think I'm wearing pants, right? Yeah. (laughs) For the record, I'm wearing pants um i am too it's too cold not to wear pants man this is the fucking winter yeah it, it, you make a good point and uh it, it that becomes very um in the few times that we've bumped into like other people who do coverage of books as opposed to just actually making books like the conversation is always a little bit i, I feel like i have more to say to an author than to someone else who does book coverage Hmm. That's interesting. Who's that? I don't know. You probably, you probably haven't really thought about it, but I don't want to talk to a fucking book reviewer. What am I going to say? Yeah, if you don't read the same books. I, no,
1: I think at this point, it might be fun to talk to another book reviewer. Um, Not, like, ongoing or whatever, but it might be fun to compare a little bit of notes about, like, the approach and stuff. Stuff that I'm sure is fascinating for people that are listening right now.
0: Like, hey, how do you take, you know, how do you annotate shit. I don't know. Like what do you, yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Or, you know, um, so uh, you and I have this conversation a lot, right. But like the kind of open ending to a book, Mm. you know, like Mm -hmm. someone else who does this and the vast majority of people who read a book, read a book and they're done with it. And they probably never talk to anyone about it or or whatever. There's not a lot of discussion. So it'd be interesting to see, um, reading a book, knowing that you're going to be critical is definitely reading different yeah. Than when I was reading, just because I enjoyed reading.
0: That's fair. Yeah, and I guess I wonder if someone who's going to write about a book they read is different than someone who's just going to have a discussion. Because, like, if you think about it, if you're just the only person that's talking about this, you maybe need to have a clearer idea of what's going on than like. There's so many times that you make me think about something I never thought of, mm-hmm. and so like my idea is is kind of informed by your opinion so i guess yeah maybe that would be interesting
1: yeah well um, we're not we're not suggesting you contact us to do that or anything no we're just saying (laughs) it might be interesting that's all (laughs) so i don't want to put the wrong idea out there other book reviewers
0: yeah let's not go crazy
1: so rob did come up with a couple of very interesting lists which really kind of fit more of our wheelhouse so um these are uh, like user voted lists Mm -hmm. so it's also tough right because user voted lists um can become a popularity contest
0: i mean it's exactly a popularity contest (laughs) well but it
1: also could just be like the recognizable name or people vote and they're like oh i didn't read this book by stephen king but you know or someone uh, just clicking
0: around yeah someone just has a better social media presence and they get the word out
1: yeah for sure there's that too Mm -hmm. um so but uh so i want to go over some of these lists if you don't mind yeah yeah I want to start with the best horror list. So these are a, good, a Goodreads list. It's the tenth annual Goodreads Choice Awards.
0: I'm glad you chose that one because that's the link I already have open.
1: <laughs> I will say that. Um, so I first page. I guess there's only one page. We have read what I'm going to consider to be an alarming number of the books on this <laughs> list, right? Yeah. So from bottom to top um, on this list, we read, uh, we sold our souls. By Grady Hendrix. We, of course, read The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay, as we do all Paul Tremblay past and future full-length novels. Um, Dracul by Doc Ray Stoker and J.D. Barker. Baby Teeth by Zoya Stage, who actually joined us on the podcast um, just a a couple months ago. Yeah. And we read all of those, man. But none of those won. Not one of them won. Yeah, but they're top ten. They totally are. But the winner was a Stephen King book. Yeah. by a lot by almost double um the votes that zoya stage got
0: um i have to get yeah um i i kind of watch this unfold I, I follow uh zoya on instagram and so she was posting a lot about like you know the the process of the votes and like because it wasn't just like like you see the total like you could see the books like climbing the ranks as it went on i guess and um so she was kind of tracking her progress and um i don't even know where i was going with that but it was um happy for her she you know this is her debut novel and um even though king doubles her vote total she's she's got an easy over almost six thousand vote um lead over the the third the third place dracul Mm -hmm. so that's pretty freaking great
1: i um this is <laughs> this is the only one i voted in this year by the
0: way i didn't i didn't vote either. i voted and i voted for zoya yeah hey he, otherwise he, she would have had twenty thousand four hundred twenty-two votes so
1: correct uh. and i i'm just you know full honesty i enjoyed all of the books that we read on this list um but as i told you before baby teeth was my favorite book we'd read this year and, and I, that nobody has broken that yet it's coming up on the end of the year. I don't think it's gonna happen. That might be my favorite book of twenty um twenty eighteen.
0: I just thought tell me what you think about this. It would be interesting to see the number of votes for the book um compared to the number of reviews they have. So like uh, proportionality kind of thing. Like Uh-oh. you weigh the votes based on so like if Baby Teeth has half as many reviews on Goodreads uh then like elevation it's almost like she got the same number of votes. you know what I'm saying
1: all right, so interestingly enough, um, you brought up great points. Stephen King had fifty thousand mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what was it was it fifty thousand
0: uh, the votes thirty nine thousand six hundred
1: thirty nine thousand um there are seven hundred reviews on, <laughs> on Amazon. And that's why I said, I wonder how much this is a popularity contest and less of an actual voting. Like I read yeah. this book, so I think this book is good. The other problem is, how many people do you realistically think read um, six of those books to vote between them?
0: Oh, God. Does that makes sense? Yeah. Right, yeah. We're probably the uh, best, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. best voters of, all, of anybody.
1: Um Baby Teeth has six hundred and eighty reviews. So um those are pretty close. Seven, whatever I said, and then six eighty. So they're definitely not a two to one ratio.
0: No, and looking on Goodreads, like if you hover over the book cover, it'll show you mm-hmm. how many ratings it got on Goodreads. Oh, gotcha. King's got 13,676, and Zoya's got 12,930, So they're almost like neck and neck as far as like how many ratings. So I guess that would, yeah, that throws my idea out the window.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I think a lot of that is people are just clicking through and they're like, oh, I like Stephen King's stuff. Just click. It's yeah. funny that
0: there's so many more votes than ratings. <laughs> Stephen King's got like 26,000 more votes than he does uh, ratings for the book. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Yeah.
1: At any rate, he's also a book, Flight or Fright is, Flight or Fright is edited by him and Bev Vincent. So that would be in the, what is that, 12 spot, 10 spot.
0: Oh, I didn't see that.
1: Which arguably might also mean, it just said Stephen King on it, because that got 5,000 votes. (laughs) So anyway... Um, this is definitely not scientific. I mean, I, I almost want to give it uh, to the New York Times critics, because at least they're critics. I'm going to assume they read those books before they criticized. Right. Which is what critics do, right? Did you want to move on to the second category?
0: Uh, yes. Um, there's not as much in this one. Not as much to talk about in this one, I don't believe.
1: So, best mystery and thriller. Um, we uh, we also read, well, from this one, it looks like just the two, right? Yeah. The two. So from this one, we read uh, the Bill Clinton and James Patterson. The president is missing. Mm -hmm. And the woman in the window, also the second place um, contender uh, by A.J. Finn, which I enjoyed um, a lot. If I remember correctly, it's certainly a lot more than the president is missing.
0: Second place again to Stephen King. And if you're in a category with that guy, second place is basically winning.
1: Yeah, so, um, but a a lot tighter vote count there. 62,000 votes for The Outsider, which is a mystery and thriller, apparently not horror. And then 55,000 votes for The Woman in the Window.
0: So. Interesting on this list, Livius, The Wife Between Us, which is the fourth spot, is a book that's co-written by Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekkanen? I thought that looked familiar. We're reviewing a book by them in January, I believe. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I, they, they sent us review copies of a different book that we're going to be reviewing, but they also included The Wife Between Us. So a copy of that is sitting on my bookshelf.
1: Yeah. Um, by the way, I don't know if you read this, but the outside – so uh, Stephen King also won this category in 2016 with End of the Watch and 2014 with Mr. Mercedes. So I'm guessing in 2017 he didn't have a book out? That's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what it sounds like to me. So Anyway. um but speaking of stephen king before we continue on with this i just saw that the sequel to the shining dr sleep Sleep, i don't think that's the name it's gonna get but a story about an adult whatever that kid's name was danny torrance danny danny torrance yeah i'm
0: the i'm the guy that hates stephen king why do i know all this (laughs) um i I mean i read the shining
1: before we read that book just so i had the back like you know i've not been a long time shining fan um is a going to be a movie made by the people who made The Haunting of Hill House? Oh, good. Yeah. So I there thought you might be excited. Yeah. yeah, they they did a good job. So uh, obviously anything based on the book that we've read, I'm thinking we're going to watch and probably talk about on the podcast. So I'm guessing yeah. that's – I mean that was like just kind of announced. So I'm assuming that's probably late 19, early 2020. Hey, I don't think it's going to be a time soon.
0: I'm still waiting for the movie adaptation of robo Apocalypse by uh... – <laughs> That one guy, yeah. Daniel H. Wilson or whatever?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was <laughs> going to say something. I was going to say you were waiting for a different movie adaptation. <laughs> I was going through the list of the terrible things that I could say, like backdooring the brat, maybe. Or, oh, I've uh... seen
0: I've seen the movie adaptation of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: God. All right. Uh, tune in next week for, our, for Rob, Rob's review of backdooring the brat. Was it a full-length movie or was it like 12 minutes? It was a clip. On it was a clip. Something, yeah. yeah. Some kind of tube you found online. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, best mystery and thriller. All right. So no surprises there. Right. Stephen King, Stephen King, some books that we've read. So clearly we're more good reads than we are. New York Times. Right.
0: Uh, So far. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There is a third awards list that was put out (laughs) by The Guardian. And um, again, I I don't believe Rob picked these because there was specifically anything, you know, that we read or reviewed on there. But this is the Bad Sex Award for 2018. So these are bad sex scenes. So this is a negative award, right? This is like the the Razzies? No, is yeah, that what it's called? Uh, yeah, I
0: think it's the Razzies.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a bad award. So, so I look at this and go, oh, this might be fun. And I'm thinking, I don't think we read anything on here. Boom, the very first one, right? I, I'm sorry, the second one. Yeah. Katarina by James Frey which I also enjoyed. So what I thought would be fun is if Rob reads some of these. Of course you're going to make me read it.
0: Uh, you want me to go right to the Katarina by James Frey? Because that it's was the, the winner. It's the one we're most familiar with. No, is it the winner? At the bottom, is there a winner? I guess I didn't scroll all the way down. Well, it's kind of strange. So the Guardian is uh, reporting on the list from uh, a website called Literary Review. The Guardian, so the, the way the Guardian's article is laid out has the excerpts better, but um, I will read, James Frey won the 26th Annual Literary Review Bad Sex and Fiction Award for Katarina. So, yeah, he did win it. Four, I'm just going to go right to the, the winner. You want me to read the whole excerpt? You should, yes. <clears throat> All right. I might have to put some, like, porno music under this, in the if I'm really feeling it's not going to happen. You have a you have a playlist, right? Your yeah, Apple yeah. Music oh, yeah. just
1: a porn music playlist.
0: Yeah. All right, get ready. This is going to get this is going to get intense real fast. I'm hard and deep inside her f- <laughs> fucking her around the bathroom sink, her tight little black dress still on. You I think didn't you like call this scene out? No, no, no. I was thinking something else. Never mind. Uh her tight little black dress still on her thong on the floor, my pants at my knees, our eyes locked, our hearts and souls and bodies locked. All Um, right,
1: ladies, ladies, (laughs) get ready. Here's, Here's where it gets real serious.
0: Come inside me, come inside me, come inside me. Blinding, breathless, shaking, overwhelming, exploding, white god, I come inside her, my cock throbbing. We're both moaning, eyes, hearts, souls, bodies, one. One, white, god, Come, come, come. I close my eyes, let out my breath. Come.
1: Now, you may be thinking to yourself, wow, that was just awful. The most awful thing about this is that in that entire thing that Rob just read, there's one fucking comma. Yeah. I I really added
0: punctuation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's placed properly. But like of all the places you could, that's the one place that he decided we needed a comma. (sighs) <sighs> I liked
0: Katarina. I did. Now, the Haruki Murakami, I read that one earlier today. Okay. Uh, it's it's kind of fucked up. Do you want me to read that right. one, too? No, let me. Allow me. Please. I'll take a turn. This is from
1: Killing Commendatore, which, by the way, I did mention to you as a book we might want to review, and then you basically told me to fuck off or something.
0: Yeah, I'm not reading any Haruki yeah. Murakami. <laughs> so...
1: My ejaculation was violent and repeated. Again and again, semen poured from me, overflowing her vagina, turning the sheets sticky. There was nothing I could do to make it stop. If it continued, I worried, I would be completely emptied out. Yuzu slept deeply through it all without making a sound, her breathing even. Her sex, though, had contracted around mine and would not let go, as if it had an unshakable will of its own and was determined to wring every last drop from my body. Yeah, I don't see a problem with that. What's <laughs> trying to figure yeah. out what the
0: we don't know what context this was in. I mean, Yuzu was sleeping deeply.
1: Listen, the scene before this might have Yuzu might have been like, "Listen, I don't actually need to be awake for any of this. Like, whatever you got to do, do what you got to do, and that's it."
0: <laughs> we don't, uh, know. yeah. Out of context, I mean. it sounds a little rapey. It sounds very rapey, but that's okay. That's uh. We don't know. Like you said, we don't know. So Yeah, that was, uh, I mean... Hmm. Now, I have a little interesting... So, clicking over to the Literary Reviews article, um, it, interestingly, James Frey responded. So, uh, uh, let's see. After days of debate culminating in a meaningful vote, the judges finally agreed that Frey deserved the award. The Norwegian... Model left them unconvinced that the hard withdrawal was too much for them to bear. They said in a statement, I don't really know what that means. James Frey prevailed against a strong all-male shortlist by virtue of the sheer number and length of dubious erotic passages in his book. I'll agree with that. The (laughs) multiple scenes of sustained fantasy in Katerina could have won Frey the award many times over. James Frey said in response, I am deeply honored and humbled to receive this prestigious award kudos to all my distinguished fellow finalists you have all proved provided me with many hours of enjoyable reading over the last year wow
1: yeah i mean you gotta own it he put it in a book right so being apologetic about it doesn't help it any at that point right like you just gotta embrace
0: it like yeah i mean yeah Do you remember last year we talked about the the liz last year too um and it mm-hmm. <laughs> article mentions my favorite part of the guy that won was uh i glanced down at the billiard rack of my penis and testicles yep Correct. <laughs> oh my god uh yeah there you go oh um yeah
1: i don't uh, i don't know i guess if you're a writer It would uh, behoove you to look through some of these and decide, uh, you know, how you want to write your sex scenes. So, clearly, you get some coverage from The Guardian if you're bad enough on it. I mean, that might be worth—who knows, dude? You read that passage, and somebody might be like, huh, that book sounds all right. Sounds like my kind of thing. So, Scoundrels. Here, I'll read one more. Scoundrels, The Hunt for Hans Clapp by Major Victor Cornwall and Major Arthur St. John Trevelyan. Empty my tanks, I'd beg breathlessly, as once more she began drawing me deep inside her pleasure cave.
0: <laughs> Continue.
1: I'm going to. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't understand how this didn't win. Her vaginal ratchet moved in concertina-like waves, slowly chugging my organ as a boa constrictor swallows its prey. Soon I was locked in, balls deep, ready to be ground down by the enameled pepper mill within her. Let's be honest. <laughs> of the 3 that we read. That one is the worst, right?
0: Yeah, but I remember, uh they said that it was the like yeah, the I number know. The of overall them. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and anyway. I agree, like we read that whole book and there was nothing but bad sex. But maybe the, the sex was okay, but the way he writes just ruined the sex. That could be <laughs> it ruined our
1: reading of the sex. I don't think yeah. it that ruined the sex itself. It killed the mood. Yeah, exactly. So at any rate, um, there's a, there's three lists for you guys. Um, obviously, there will be many, many more. I don't think we're doing like a best of the year list. I guess that's what I was getting at earlier. Like we moved past doing that, right? For the well, most like,
0: part. Well, we're. I think we still do a year in review, but it's much like more um, like a higher level. Not like breaking down the statistics like we used mm-hmm. to, but more like, hey, I'm really proud of this thing that we did. Like that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hey, did we know that the Guardian also is walking around with its handout like Wikipedia?
0: It's three dollars. We gotta give yeah. them three dollars.
1: In these critical times, help us protect independent journalism at a time when factual trustworthy reporting is under threat by making a year-end gift to support the Guardian. Two hundred and fourteen thousand dollars they've raised of their million dollar goal.
0: Uh yeah, so we gotta throw in that three. Yeah, for only for only a dollar a day,
1: you can make sure that the Guardian journalists are fed.
0: Dollar? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm doing the, the the
1: yeah the TV infomercials with uh, was there, like Sally Suzanne Struthers or... yeah, Sally Struthers, right?
0: I don't know. All right. Any anyway. rate, I said Suzanne Summers. That's another woman actor, or whatever, right? Yes, yes.
1: Whose names both start with S?
0: Which one did the Thigh Master? Because I think that's the one that, that was, was doing the yes.
1: All oh, right. now we have to look this up. It yeah. was Suzanne Summers did Thigh Master, but I do not believe that she did feed children in another country. It would be helpful if I knew what that cause was called, right? <laughs> well,
0: let's just use your awesome Google skills.
1: All right, here we go. Uh, Wikipedia, Food and Drug Administration. No, I'm not seeing anything. I think she just did Thighmaster, Master, which, uh, you know. Many, many years ago, was uh, that was pre-internet porn. So if you wanted to get off, you could just uh, wait 20 minutes until the commercial came on. Is that? Right.
0: No. The, you had the Sears catalog. That's what everybody.
1: Oh, see, I don't know. The Sears catalog for me. I mean, I grew up in a time where that's where you did like your toy shopping, like your wish list for the year. You'd sit down with the catalog and like circle, a circle a bunch of things your parents were never going to buy you. Yeah. yeah. A bunch of dog-eared pages. and
0: I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. All right, all right, I watched well.
1: a lot of Suzanne Summers. I was a big fan of uh, Three's Company. I, I modeled, I, I modeled my whole life after Larry the Neighbor.
0: Wait, so did you not get an answer about who was feeding the kids in Africa?
1: Oh no, I know it's Sally Struthers. Oh. I was looking to see if she also did it. Oh. I thought maybe like I wasn't remembering her doing. No, I know it's the uh, Sally Struthers was on um, All in the Family.
0: This all doesn't. I, I don't know. If it's not Suzanne Summers, I gave up interest in this a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, definitely you pick the one that's better looking of the two. There we go.
0: Yeah, see? it's my mind rewriting history the way that I want it to be.
1: Sally Struthers, Save the Ethiopian Children campaign.
0: There you go. Pretty sure that was parodied on South Park at one point before I stopped watching South Park.
1: Um, South Park has, uh, has declined significantly in quality. Um, this was sharply contrasted when last week on the same day I saw an episode from season three. And then one probably from like season 10 and then the current episode. <laughs> and oh, my God, man, can you just see the downhill slide in that show? Um, still worth watching because it's 20 minutes and, you know, there's some funny one liners and stuff, but overall not not so good.
0: Yeah, uh, not to go down a whole South Park rabbit hole or anything, but um, I think for me, there was a point where it went from them coming up with funny stories to them just commentating whatever was going on at the time like like parody parodying like whatever pop news story thing was happening which is kind of their theme now right like
1: mm-hmm. oh for sure
0: you know if uh trump falls down the stairs somewhere there's going to be a trump falls down the stairs episode of south park and it used to be like the shit with the loch ness monster was some of the funniest shit i ever saw Yep, on
1: tv yeah that is uh I mean, I, I frequently rank... Uh, that would probably be my third favorite. No. All right, so let's do it. We said we weren't doing our own list. Here's here my list. Here we go. The top five... So, four. I'm going to do the top four nope. South Park episodes. Nobody, so I to do five? Oh.
0: Nobody would have ever seen this list
1: coming from us. So, <laughs> so here we go. In order from four to one. <laughs> Number four is definitely the Loch Ness Monster.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Number three was the In the Closet...
0: Episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. with our...
1: Tom Wait, is Cruise it... is in the closet. Yep, yep. Yeah. Number two is the Rich People Move to South Park mm. episode. Do you know which one I'm
0: talking about? Is that with Will Smith?
1: Yes. yeah, That's yeah. the one that I saw. I think that's season like three or four. I saw that the other day. They rerun them like in the afternoon or whatever. My favorite episode for one. Overall, the episode is good, <laughs> but there's one moment in an episode that I think transcends comedy. Um, especially an animated comedy on television. And it is the episode from probably season two or three where Cartman is riding his tricycle through the mountain. And uh, there's a crash. The crash is a uh, a truck that's taking aborted fetuses to wherever the aborted fetus disposal (laughs) places. So Cartman sees the opportunity to take the aborted fetuses and sell them for stem cell research.
0: This sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: there is a part in there. So there's, there's a little, a little, segment like a montage where he's calling around to different um, stem cell clinics um, to try to sell the 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 boarded fetuses for stem cell research and at one point someone makes him an offer and the offer is super low and he's sitting there at his little desk and he's got a shirt and a tie that doesn't fit right and his hair's all combed over to the side you know it looks like a little businessman and he says something along the lines of in response to this offer he says something like Listen here, Steve. I'm just like these fetuses. I wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> I don't think I heard the rest of the episode because I couldn't stop laughing for the like 12 minutes or whatever that episode went on for. It's probably the best best delivered line in context.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's really good. I don't remember that episode very well. Oh, but... my
1: God. So um, good.
0: I like the one with the succubus where a chef dates a succubus. Mm-hmm. Yep. That one's really good.
1: See, that's some of the magic that's missing. When they had a falling out with the chef over his uh his religious views.
0: Yeah. I think yeah, the show they, went
1: into decline there.
0: Because they made fun of Scientology, right? And he was a Scientologist. Uh what's his name?
1: Yeah, um, Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes. Well, not only did they make fun of Scientologists, they expose, like not yeah. that you couldn't find that information already, but not just did they poke fun at it, they literally Exposed and then amplified like the highest levels of Scientology or the beliefs at the highest levels of Scientology. So, yeah, to be fair, it's pretty ridiculous. Sorry if you're a Scientologist and listening, but I mean, it's hard not to make fun
0: of. Um, yeah, I'm not sorry. That, yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, it's South, self- yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think they started out with something great, and um, at one point, something hit and it took him in a different direction and I think it was around like the Saddam Hussein getting found in a spider hole kind of like Wizard of Oz shit they did or something I don't mm-hmm. remember but like there was a moment where they definitely just decided well this is the road we're going down and it went away from these like fantastical narratives to just like uh, exaggerations of you know the you know feel, like the the whatever's going on today kind of thing Mm -hmm.
1: well it's funny you said that so i'll use the the trump falls down the stairs or whatever you said earlier the thing that has been amazing to me about them for not since the very beginning but probably around like the fourth or fifth season is how quickly they move on stuff like this as a matter of fact i can tell you when i first noticed it um bush um gore the hanging chads yeah yeah like that happened on a tuesday and i feel like they had an episode come out on a friday and they had a whole thing written out about kindergartners having to vote for class president that that mimicked the election that was going on from like four days before that yep like that's how fast they were and i mean i realized that they produced animation and you you know i mean so i get it like they don't have to assemble a cast or anything but holy shit they move quick Usually, to see something like that—that's commentary on a current event—you have to wait weeks, months, in some cases. But man, those motherfuckers were like, "We are rewriting half the episode right now,
0: so well, we can get you, it up this week." Were you aware they did? A, there was a documentary that was made about them, and like, like they specifically addressed like what their process is to make it so that they're so timely.
1: No, no, I did not. Yeah. I did not. I mean, I figured they would probably been asked about it, but I was not aware of of an actual.
0: I don't remember the name of the documentary. I'm not going to look it up. But like, yeah, if you're interested, like, they go through their whole process and stuff, and it's actually it was pretty interesting. And this was like, I watched it even after I stopped caring about South Park. So, um, that was yeah. They they, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it on like the like the dudes anymore. Like, obviously they're talented and they they have a way of like saying the most offensive thing. In a way where, like, people will be offended, but for the most part, people just talk about it, which is is especially in this day and age, difficult to do because, like, if you say anything that's not on script, you know, so you know, you have to say an apology or or take it down or whatever. So, um, it's nice that they have the ability to to still push the envelope. What is it? Twenty five years later? What season yeah. are they on? 20 something 20th yeah. maybe yeah
1: it's been yeah it's probably been 20 years since they they debuted. i remember where i was when i first saw like the first six episodes were out and someone handed me a vhs tape they had taped all of them and said you need to see this
0: oh dude i i like tuned in for the the debut episode like, oh nice yeah. on the on the night it aired
1: yeah i had a, a co-worker he just he walked into work and he said dude i know you have no idea what this is I want you to watch. Just watch like the first two. And then I was, I was hooked for years. So, anyway, that's, uh, that's South Park. Yeah. Yeah. That's our, yeah. That's, that's our list 2018. Our list. Um, list is, uh, South, four best South Park episodes. Strongly encourage people to find those episodes and watch them <laughs> if you haven't already.
0: Well, that was your list. I didn't, I didn't do oh. a list because I don't, I, I couldn't, I'd have to like go back and look at the names of episodes <laughs> yeah. to remember. Yep. This has been
1: so long. Here's another great one where they, uh, they were I don't know, are they playing like a Dungeons and Dragons type game, but through the through and I know they repeat it in some other episodes, but through the whole episode we see them in their like warrior costumes. Mm, yeah. But Cartman has the power of invisibility in the game they're playing, and he doesn't understand it doesn't work in real life, so there's a naked little Cartman like trying to
0: that sounds sneak across the yeah.
1: stage. <laughs> just just another great moment. At any rate. <laughs> um South Park, there we go. We talked about a show, it's 20 years old. I feel like some uh, friends I have on uh, social media who, you know
0: Really? <laughs> they are like, guys,
1: guys, you have
0: to watch. The- I just started watching The Wire. Oh, my God. Uh, a, f- a friend of the podcast, uh, John, that I've, uh, I've talked about in the past, uh, has been pushing me to watch Breaking Bad. Um, and I, I made a soft commitment to watch Breaking Bad.
1: Okay. I um, want you to make a second commitment. I want you every episode that you watch Breaking Bad to mention that you're watching it and talk yeah. about like how amazing the episode is for every single one that you watch.
0: Can't wait to see what happens next episode. I'm like all over social media with it. (laughs) Yep. They're like, yeah, he made the walking dead. Like, have you heard that, Mm -hmm. uh, that theory? Yes. Yes, I did. Yep. So whatever. Yeah. So if I, if I watch breaking bad, I am not going to say it to anybody. I'm just going to experience it and move on with my fucking life.
1: I don't know how you do it, Rob. I don't know how you do it. (laughs) Hey, I had another thing that came up today that kind of irked me a little bit. Maybe I'm reading this wrong. By reading, I mean my take on it, not that I'm actually reading something. There's lots of things I read wrong. Tune in next week's episode for (laughs) for more on that. Um, So so I was listening to a – I don't want to say it was a newscast because it wasn't a newscast. It was one of those shows where there's, like, a host that talks about things and has, like, guests on. So it's not like I I was watching, like, the, you know, NBC Nightly News or whatever. And – I, it's something I've heard before, but tonight it struck me as particularly wrong. So I started thinking, this is something along the lines of what the host said, right? Like, all right, on tonight's episode, we're going to talk about um, A, B, and C that went on today. We've also got, you know, a guest, the so-and-so Rob's going to come on and talk about this other thing that's been happening in the news. And then later, we'll react to thing Z that happened today. And I thought that, like... Saying that you are going to react to something. So this happens a lot. I mean, I see it. There's obviously reaction videos and stuff on YouTube. But actually stating that you're going to react to something seems like something you shouldn't be able to do, right? Like a reaction should be something that's instantaneous that happens.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Well, I, I agree. So I, did, I just it was the way it was
1: phrased. I know I've heard it. Plenty of times before because it didn't strike me as weird that he said it. I was just actually listening. And I was like, that's a weird thing to say. So later in this, uh, towards the end of this episode, uh, you're going to you're going to hear us react to something that we read in an article on Vulture.com. Like, it, it's just a weird. I don't know. It, it bugged me enough that I, I felt it mentioned merited mention.
0: Uh, yes. And so they shouldn't say that because it sounds weird to the listener. But like from their perspective, they're just playing something they recorded before. So obviously, like, it makes sense to say, hey, we're going to react to this thing because they already did the reaction, I'm guessing.
1: No, because what would happen is like three, seg- three segments into the show, they'd be like, all right, um, this thing happened. Trump fell down the stairs today. To react to that, I have Rob. Rob, tell us about this fall. Tell us, tell us what you thought when you saw him fall down these stairs today. I you, you know what give I mean a shit. like that oh, type I thought of, you wanted well, my
0: reactions. <laughs>
1: right, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like yeah. it's it's not like a you know we were live earlier and this thing right, happened. It's just totally unforgivable. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible and I don't know why people do it.
0: Cuz they suck for the most part. Um, I mean,
1: it's, that could be one of the reasons.
0: Well, I mean, we we were talking recently. I I think that uh, um te- like this was a TV thing or you were listening to something.
1: I was listening to something that's on TV.
0: All right. So it's a TV. I was was just
1: as serious. It's a simulcast. Yeah. So Uh,
0: I, 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 we were talking, I think it was in the previous episode, about Frank Bill being interviewed on on live TV. And I I really had a lot of problems with the way it went down. I think that TV just is for a different level of brain, maybe than, you know, than we have.
1: First, (laughs) well, Thanks. I think think that's, yeah, it's, it's a medium that's, that's like, that hurts it. It's hurt by its own medium. So you watch a show, it's, it's an hour long, right? So something where Frank Bill would be interviewed, or if you're watching, I don't know, pick whichever CNN anchor has a show or Fox anchor has a show or whatever, right? It's an hour long show. It's 42 minutes after commercials on average. Okay. Yeah. And it's broken up into segments. So essentially, if you're my guest and I'm, uh, I'm running the Livius Nedden show on CNN and I have Rob on, you essentially are going to get five minutes. And in that five minutes, you have to be able to clearly communicate a fully formed thought or point. That's all yeah. you have. And I'm not going to give you five minutes because I'm the host of the fucking show. So I'm going to interject with my thoughts and opinions for at least two and a half to three minutes of that, depending on how vain I am. Which leaves you, the guest, two minutes to react, um, finger air quotes, right, Um, to it. So, I mean, it's terrible. If you listen to a podcast like this and we have a guest on, there's no time limit to how long they can talk about whatever question we asked. And and if if you're an astute listener, you've noticed sometimes there have been brutally short answers that we've had to prod with follow-ups. Sometimes we have a guest where we're like, so tell us about this book. And Rob and I can mute ourselves. Rob gets up and gets a beer. I vape, not angrily. I vape, you know, while I'm listening, <laughs> contentedly. But, yeah, but you know, and they'll go on for three minutes. That's more time for one answer than they're allowed on on any type of like TV, especially like a news program. I guess we. I mean, Oprah's not on anymore, but Oprah would do the hour long guest, right? So they'd get forty ish minutes to to talk about their stuff. So I mean, YouTube and podcasts are definitely a different. Uh, A very different medium based on, you know, the the fact that there's no time limit or your time limit is all kind of dedicated to one person over the course of your your podcast.
0: So I'm spoiled, is what you're saying.
1: I'm saying that there's no way we could possibly do this in a time constrained format where your producer's going, listen, guys, guys, you're 30 seconds over on talking about. The bad sex awards. No, you can't read it, just one more. Like someone would be saying that in your ear the whole time because you have to go to commercial break.
0: Jesus, no one would ever know anything about my childhood. Exactly, <laughs> Rob. You'd just be a, <laughs> you'd be a pretty face. You would be a fully formed
1: human being the way we know and love you.
0: Oh my God, no one would know about anything about my childhood. It's, I don't know. What but to say that about being that.
1: said, if anybody's listening from a major broadcast network, we're willing to talk. So
0: yeah, to the to the prescribed amount of time phrase exactly so
1: uh you know what keeps us off what? off selling out to the man right what's patreon that? contributors
0: oh yeah oh was i supposed to react to that in a specific way <laughs> yes
1: and uh right after this we're gonna rob is going to react
0: to my saying <laughs> patreon
1: contributors rob what's your reaction
0: um i fucking love our patreon contributors um they make all of this possible and I got nothing. I don't know what you're expecting out of me for this. You totally ambushed me.
1: <laughs> I did. All I was saying is that if people continue to contribute to Patreon, or if you're not contributing, there's always, you can always start right now, um, yeah. at least a dollar a month. We will be eternally grateful. There will be spoiler talk. At any rate, we're trying to get our Patreon contributions <laughs> up a little bit, is really what this is. That's how bad the we cost are. Of, I don't even have anything to say about of, it. For the cost of only one cup of coffee per month. You could support one of your favorite podcasts, and probably have enough left over to support this one too. Patreon.com/slash/book.
0: Here's here's the thing I'll say about like Patreon has like the the tiers, and like we give you early access, and you get spoiler uh, talk, and then there's like the other tiers where you can choose a book and stuff like that. But like I th- I guess the unadvertised thing about us is that like if we if like if you're a patron, like the level that like the the lengths will go to. Um, to talk about you, to like you know, send you stuff is 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 it doesn't take a lot to get us to like really love you and interact with you. So um, there's really not a tier for like our unending gratitude, but um, uh, you know, and I don't want to say the kind of like, but we'll send stuff to people randomly and things like that if we just like if we feel like, hey man, these people are really supporting us and they deserve something for it. Like we we do our best to return that um, you know that with with our gratitude. So yeah, maybe the the model of Patreon just doesn't fit for our kind of sporadic um, approach to to thanks or or rewards.
1: Don't let what Rob just said deter you. Patreon.com/slash/booked. No, yep.
0: It should encourage you because yes. We probably do more than we should for the people who, like, we really feel like, oh, man, these guys are these guys are real, like, tried and true supporters. Love it.
1: Yeah. We have one more story. And Rob is uh, much more well informed to talk about this one. Um, uh, Here with reaction to that will be me after Rob tells you about this.
0: All right. The first thing I want to say is that I'm proud to say that I spelled plagiarism right i was i was concerned i wasn't going to spell plagiarism the right way but i did
1: yeah i you know what i probably wouldn't have put that "i" in there
0: yeah probably plagiarism plagiarism which is probably
1: which is probably like a a condition that you get like if you don't i don't know like if you don't stand up often enough during a day like ah, i've got the plagiarism
0: we'll just go sit down for a while yeah so, plagiarism. Uh I, I I was scrolling through Twitter and some author retweeted something about plagiarism and I always love l- learning about what kind of dipshit got caught plagiarizing someone. So, I followed the thread and I read about it and stuff and 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 I'll, I'll try it, I'll do my best to sum this up. This is something that happened very recently. This article is from t- today, like this afternoon. And I saw these tweets I think last night. So, this is something that's very very recent. Um uh it was someone had retweeted uh an author named rachel McKibbins, who is a is a poet so this is about poetry Libius. go on go on <laughs> and uh she had a great uh um i wish I had the tweet in front of me but uh the she the rachel McKibbins' one that caught my eye was um Something that's, uh, you know, something I wrote that someone stole from me got a, nominated for some award. I hope we win or something like that. And I was like, all right, that's funny. I got to check out what's going on. Anyway, uh, there's a young poet named Ailey O'Toole who uh, published, you know, she's a newer writer who published some poetry and stuff. And had a had an upcoming like chap book, you know, like that was on the verge of coming out. Anyway, she she got a pushcart nomination for a poem called Gun Metal. And um, in that poem, she straight up lifted lines or kind of paraphrased or rewrote, like changed some wording around um, from a poem by Rachel McGibbons. And uh, at one point, the strange thing is, so this Ailey O'Toole uh, girl had reached out to McGibbons To say, hey, I didn't steal your words, um, but like I was inspired by them or, you know, whatever, like that kind of thing. And I thought that we could start up a discussion about our how our writing kind of works together or something like that. And so that's how that's how this this Rachel McGibbons found out that this girl stole her like her poetry.
1: I'm so glad The whole time here, I'm going to react to what Rob just said. Um, The whole time I kept thinking, like, how the fuck does somebody know if somebody plagiarized poetry? That means someone has to fucking read it. Yes. (laughs) Like, I literally could probably take fuck. I could publish a book of fucking poems that I took completely off the fucking Internet and out of other books. How long do you think before somebody would be like, holy shit, i read this poetry book. And I think it's the same poem that's in another poetry book. That means someone read two fucking poetry books.
0: Yeah. The odds of that are astronomical.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I'm fucking saying. So, I mean, obviously because this Ailey O'Toole um, got nominated for a Pushcart, was like, Oh shit, this might get out. I should probably get ahead of this. Um, nobody would have known Ailey. Nobody would have fucking known. You would have won a goddamn Pushcart award, whatever the fuck that is. And, uh, that no one would have ever known
0: because nobody read your book. <sighs> yeah. Um, it gets better though. Um, this... Oh, do tell because so far it's been fascinating. So uh, then, so there's a couple of things. So I'm going to tell you the the less interesting thing and I'm going to go to the more interesting thing. Uh, this Rachel McGibbons then went and investigated this poetry. And in reading that poetry, recognized lines from other people's poetry. Mm, that's sketchy because that's going against my theory <laughs> so but if you're a poet i'm guessing maybe you you read mm. more poetry than like no mm-hmm. all right anyway. all right let's let, let me just say let's say that you make
1: scat videos you know what a scat video is
0: where you like bibbidi-bobbidi b- that kind of shit <laughs> no, God, no. like scat singing is that <laughs> what you're talking about that's awesome i i'm gonna make a video of you scat singing because that's far
1: more interesting than what i was gonna say whatever the fuck that was um like uh now, what's his name video uh... where like people defecate on other people <laughs> now do you think the person who makes so, that
0: so not like cab calloway is is what you're saying i'm not sure if Cab Calloway
1: made the type of videos I'm talking about, it's certainly possible. So I don't want to. I don't want to just say no and then have someone be like, "Here's a link." Fucking found out that you're fucking not, not investigating what you're fucking reporting here, buddy. So if you make videos where you defecate on other people or are defecated on, I guess it works both ways. Do you think you're out there watching other videos that are equally as repulsive? Uh,
0: I would. Yes. Yeah. I think you. I think you are. Uh, I don't. I see. I don't know, man. It's like, <laughs> just
1: because someone writes poetry doesn't mean that they read it. That's that's all I'm saying. Because let's face it, I'm going to read to you a line. I don't even know what this is, but it looks like it's in the format. So I don't even know who this is. <sighs> Ramshackle girl spitting teeth in the sink. I trace the foreign topography of my body, find God in my skin. Who reads that shit? Nominate this for some of the worst sex stuff. Let's 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 see if we can get Katerina removed wow. and replaced by this.
0: I feel like we really struck a nerve with you here. Yeah, poetry always does
1: it, man. Um, what would be better? Is there sci-fi poetry? Because that would really <laughs> do it. Uh
0: Yeah, probably there is.
1: Here, here's, here's my here's my goddamn here's my my sci-fi poem. I'm doing this completely off the top of my head, right? star-spangled aliens spitting onto my spaceship. <laughs> I fly through a supernova and find God in the Goddamn I was gonna say Astros, but that's probably not a thing. that's a game, <laughs> right? But close enough. There you go. I just did fucking poetry, Pushcart-nominated poetry, heading my way.
0: Oh my god, can't uh, get over Cab Calloway doing scad videos. Right. That
1: guy's that guy's a singer outtakeer, right? Is that?
0: Yeah. Did you ever watch yeah. Blues Brothers? No. Oh my, oh, Jesus
1: Christ. We, I was I was sort of. I don't want to say force-fed Blues Brothers because I, I I just tuned out right in seventh grade my art teacher thought we should watch Blues Brothers because he is an extra in it
0: that's what you do when you're a teacher
1: I hated that motherfucker alright so it's I, not, so wait extras in Blues Brothers or could they be extras in anything like that video?
0: hold on take on me just started
1: playing I love that video
0: no I'm trying to find the right song I was listening to take on me earlier today of course <sighs> What's going on? I I lost the thread of our conversation.
1: We're going to play Cap Calloway. I was saying that our teachers, can they be extras in just like comedy movies made in Chicago, or can they be extras in scat videos too?
0: (laughs) If you go to my high school, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the latter. There you go. All right. So something like, something like this, hang on. It's going to get to the thing in a minute. You hear that? Oh, I heard it. Yeah, like, that's the scat, that's the scat, that's scat, where you just kind of go biddly biddly. You're like, someone making fucking <laughs> noises. When, uh, when I'm around like two year olds, I make sounds like that at them. <laughs> You've been scatting way more than you thought. Is, is oh I'm my god. So you're saying. That I could have a career just fucking making noises with yeah. music behind me you, like that. You, you find a, a guitarist and a drummer and, and like a bass player and just stand at the microphone and just babble shit. That's a whole. thing probably that would probably pay a lot more than my pushcart-nominated sci-fi poem. I don't know. It was good up until that last line.
1: Yeah, I have to. I have to work <laughs> on it a little bit.
0: So I guess before, so I, there's we haven't got to the best part of this uh, this O'Toole fiasco. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? Do are, continue, please. Are you, are you, do you happen to be looking at the article link? Today? I am. All right. I am. So she took this girl, Aleo O'Too- uh took words that she stole from uh, Rachel McGibbins and had them very poorly tattooed onto her arm. <laughs> so, uh, and, and there's, so the original, the McGibbons lines are hell spangled girl spitting teeth into the sink. And the O'Toole uh, stolen line is ramshackle girl spitting teeth in the sink. So, uh, ramshackle girl spitting teeth in the sink is the words that she had tattooed on her arm. And it looks like I fucking drew it with a Sharpie. Dude, she may have gotten that in prison. We don't know. For a prison tattoo, it's <laughs> not bad. It would be okay for a prison tattoo. That's oh, well, I'm pretty
1: true. sure she's standing in a Starbucks when the picture's taken. That's, so,
0: Yeah, that looks like a... Or like a college, like whatever, yeah. Where you know cafeteria place or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean clearly this was. I mean, I, I read the the two passages that are highlighted here, and they're literally, um, they're like, <clears throat> they're like someone misquoting something, like doing it from memory.
0: Yeah, paraphrasing. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, and and then so this is what uh, tools sent to McGibbons. I hope you can understand it was not my intention to pass your work off as my own. And I'm deeply ashamed of this mistake. I'm paraphrasing you. I had hoped to put our poems into conversation with each other and go on to explore new terrain opened up for me by your work. I am deeply ashamed of this mistake. I made the mistake I made and hope you can accept my sincerest apologies on Twitter. McGibbins responded with a succinct bitch. I don't <laughs> good job. That's poetic. Hey, I think, um, scroll back up to the picture. Does it just say racist on her shirt? It does say racist. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, there you go. I think everyone's missing the point here. <laughs> is that, this is less about that stupid tattoo and the fact that it just says racist on her shirt.
0: Oh, there you go. So, uh, plagiarism is definitely something that comes up from time to time. This, I thought, was pretty pretty entertaining, and, and I wanted to force you to talk about poetry, so... um. <laughs> maybe i mean i i may have
1: maybe if no one ever hears this episode or if someone doesn't hear this episode maybe someone can fuck come on and explain poetry to me like maybe i'm just fucking doing it wrong man when you read poetry yeah i mean literally it's like i'm i've got like six sentences and if i break up the spacing kind of funny it's a poem that's the closest i've got to this like like that's <laughs> it my
0: is it something more than that Is this something someone can explain to me? Someone can explain it to you. It's not going to be me. Although, Hmm. I don't know if you know this about me. I have a published poem. Oh, I know. Okay.
1: I know. All right. All right. Next week. I know I keep saying this, but next week, Demon Theory. Stephen Graham Jones. Um, Rob is halfway through the book. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what percentage of the book I'm through because of um footnotes being at the end and stuff, but I am uh, part two of three, so I'll assume I'm sixty-six you percent.
0: Um, you're you're about seventy-five if I if I uh eh, you're probably about yeah, you're you're right. You're probably about seventy percent.
1: Yep. So um we'll be joined by Misty Bennett, who will be reviewing uh this book with us. This was her Patreon pick. That'll be our episode next week. Um the following week, I think we'll be doing Les Edgerton's book. And then we'll have a holiday episode. Now, so
0: that'll Here just a little public shaming for Livius. So the holiday episode every year we do a gift exchange. Um we've already I've already got a fucking wrapped present from Jesse because he probably bought it back in February. Yeah. Very, yeah. very proud to say, all my shopping's done.
1: That look, there are two things that hurt me. Uh, more than anything about this podcast, it's when a Rob reads a book, finishes a book before I do. It's happened like six <laughs> times in the history of the podcast. And never has it happened that Rob had his gift shopping done before I did. Not once. So um, I'm uh, I'm a little behind. I'm either a little behind or you're way ahead. I'm pretty sure you're way ahead. Yeah. Like, like this isn't a lapse on my part. I think there's some kind of weird like you drink too much coffee one day we like I'm gonna fucking get some shit done. I'm gonna get the shopping done and whatever. So yeah, I don't know where Misty's at. I think Misty has not um, commented. So yeah, I'm guessing just And I in are silence. in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm I'm working through some ideas this week for uh, for holiday gifts for you guys. Um, that episode will be broadcast live on Facebook, I believe, and then you guys will hear audio um, here. But if you you know if you wait to listen to it here, you're gonna miss some um, our beautiful faces. Um, and the, the gift exchange on video. So there'll probably be like some eggnog drinking.
0: Oh yeah. I saw some, when I say that
1: I bought some eggnog specifically for sitting in my fridge.
0: I was at target and I was like, Oh, I got to get some of that eggnog, throw some whiskey in there. Fuck. Yeah.
1: Oh, you know, they have it pre-made with liquor in it, right?
0: Yeah. But not my whiskey.
1: This is true. Yeah. I don't have whiskey, so I just bought the stuff that's already liquored up. So yeah. So that, that'll be a lot of fun, but that's going to be your next, uh, your next three episodes from us.
0: All right, that's going to wrap it up on the list of people that are saying goodnight. I'm number one, Rob Olson.
1: Number two, Livia Sneddon. Keep reading.